welcome. My name is Sam Quinney, and I'm a member of the Lab at DC. The Lab at DC is a new initiative in the administration of Mayor Muriel Bowser. And what we are is an applied research team uh, in the office of City Administrator Rashad Young. What we do is try and bring in everything that we can find in research literature and scientific methods and examples from other jurisdictions to inform how we design the policies and programs that we're setting up to serve DC residents. Part of that is bringing in experts from the outside in specific uh, areas of interest to inform how we're gonna serve residents. And one of those outlets is something we like to call the lunch at DC. And I'm very fortunate to be sitting here with Dr. Chloe Gibbs from Notre Dame University, uh, who is, we just wrapped up uh, a wonderful presentation on education uh, with a focus on parental interactions with their students and early childhood education. Um, now, we're gonna uh, hear more about that topic in detail in a couple minutes, but by way of a little bit of background about Chloe. Uh, Chloe is, uh, is like I said, a, a, a assistant professor of economics at Notre Dame, uh, and also in the Wilson Sheehan uh, Lab for Economic Opportunities. And if that sounds fun to you, we've got another speaker coming from the same lab uh, later on in July that we'd love to have you join us in person or, or watch the video online. Uh, a lot of Chloe's research focuses on uh, how we target policies and programs to disadvantaged children and families, and uh, some of her recent research focuses on early education and parent-childhood interactions. So without further ado, uh, why don't we start learning about this exciting topic. So uh, education is something that everyone in America, maybe even the world, has an opinion about. We've got literally millions of teachers in the United States. We've got even more former teachers, uh, like myself. Uh, we've got tens of millions of parents uh, out in the world, and not even to, uh, to not even think of the fact that just about every person in the United States has had some form of education in their life. Right. Uh, and with that comes a lot of opinions about what matters in education. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, what I'd love to hear about is, as a social science researcher who's trying to measure things and understand how things work and how we can best serve children, how do you think about measurement in education and, and determining what's important and, and when that might be important? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, and I think um, we think about this in a couple different ways. So one is sort of what can we measure, and we all know that the sort of most directly measurable thing that we often use when we're studying education interventions are test scores. Um, but I think it's important to keep in mind what test scores might miss. And so um, in the social science research, we tend to think of test scores as a measure of cognitive skills. Um, and then we think of this broader bucket of non-cognitive skills as sort of the other things that are important for um, kids' development, things that are more sort of social and behavioral in um, in, in terms of the skills that they're developing. Um, these things are hugely important, and, um, and certainly Nobel laureate Jim Heckman at the University of Chicago has documented how, in fact, those social and behavioral skills, things like being able to pay attention and being persistent and, um, and completing tasks and showing up on time, those sorts of skills might actually be the more important things in determining your later life success. And ultimately, when we're studying education programs, that's what we care about, right? So we're trying to think about what can we measure in the intervening period that really predicts or is associated with having a better life. And, um, and ultimately, what we care about are things like 
finishing school and um, and being employed and and uh, being a part of the workforce and um, and the sorts of things that we know matter for well-being. And so really what we're doing is trying to kind of track back and think what are the skills that we can measure now for kids that matter for those kinds of outcomes? Because ultimately what we're trying to do, uh, particularly for children coming from disadvantaged backgrounds, is improve their longer term trajectories. Great, so trying to figure out what we can do now mm -hmm. um, and how that tracks back. How do you think about how long you look to know if something we're doing is working just in the short term versus something that actually is going to pay off, you know, maybe in the workforce. Right. So this is, I think, a challenge, right? Because um, for policymakers who are working in the immediate term, trying to make policies that um, have the greatest impact and um, and are thinking about, you know, we have to remember policymakers face trade-offs. They're thinking about should I do this thing or should I do this other um, intervention or investment and. Um, and they need evidence to be able to make those decisions. And that might be evidence that they can't wait 20 years to see, right? And so um, while the thing that we really, I think, ultimately care about when we're making these decisions in, uh, that affect children's lives are those long-term outcomes, we often don't have that 20-year time horizon to wait and see it. And so I think one of the big contributions that researchers are trying to make now is is associating things that we can measure now with those long-term outcomes. And there are things that we've been able to determine, really do predict longer term, um, high school graduation and college going and those things, those sorts of things. And so early skills in kindergarten, even as early as kindergarten, um, math skills and some of these social and behavioral skills um, are really associated with, um, with being on a better trajectory. And I think we're still even now trying to improve the things that we measure now. Um, and and really make sure that we're honing in on the skills that matter so that we can do that sort of short-term um, policy assessment of what's working and what's not. So all of those all of those outcomes are are, are really important where, wherever they're coming in mm -hmm. and a lot of the focus gets uh, tied to well is what a teacher or a school leader is doing uh, important in that aspect of it? Uh, but what we just concluded talking about um, with a great group of uh, DC community members and, and government staff was uh, this whole part of education that uh, for a while just hadn't been getting as much attention mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of the, uh, the education literature, and that's out of school time mm -hmm. and the interactions that, uh, that parents have with their, their children and other family members have with their students. Um, so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how we can, how parents might, or how we can help parents mm -hmm. uh, support their students in the time that they have with mm -hmm. them and, and what you've learned from your research. Yeah, I think this is really important because as you mentioned, we've uh, tended, at least in the education policy literature, to focus on direct education policies that are affecting schools and classrooms. Um, but we know kids spend a lot of time not in those settings, and the, the time they're spending outside of those settings is really influential in determining um, their, their outcomes, so their educational outcomes and a variety of other outcomes that are related to that. And so, um, so it seems really important to think about how they're spending that time and how we're engaging parents in uh, kids' educational development um, in ways that might then bolster what schools are doing. Um, I think we ask a lot of schools, and if we put the entire onus on schools, I think we're going to fall short of really improving kids' trajectories. And so the types of interventions that I talked about today are really things that engage parents in that process um, in ways that meet parents where they are. And so um, I think it's really important to think about kind of what are the barriers to parents' involvement and engagement? What are the 
um, the skills or the tools that they need to become more involved and how can we then provide the infrastructure to better um, engage them and get that and get that information out and so I talked about a number of interventions that are, are working with parents in terms of their literacy uh, skill development with kids and so providing text messages to parents that give them direct tips that they can implement throughout the day when they're talking to their child making letter sounds and identifying letters when they see them on a stop sign and those sorts of of interventions and I talked about um, interventions that have encouraged reading at home by uh, encouraging parents to set goals and work towards those goals and then rewarding them at the end of the week when they meet those goals um, and those types of interventions seem to be making a difference for kids literacy skills development there's also been some interventions that uh, do the same sorts of things with parents around math skill development and so what we're finding is that we can support parents in ways that meaningfully engage them in their children's education. We also see that when we let parents know about their children's progress um, in terms of attendance and missed assignments and that kind of thing, we also see improvements in, um, in both kids um, coming to class and passing their classes and um, getting better grades. So it seems like informing parents in ways that um, get directly to them um, and help them uh, intervene and interact with their kids uh, really can have a, a, a big impact. And I think we'll just see these sorts of interventions continue to grow and uh, we'll keep testing them in different settings and, um, and at wider scale. Yeah, I could see that, as, like I said, as a former teacher, I could see that taking some of the, the many burdens off of the classroom teacher mm -hmm. or, or, or augmenting what they're already doing by, by pulling, um, by really accessing the the influence that parents have, mm -hmm. so it's all a all a team effort. Exactly. When you're doing these sorts of interventions, is it someone going out to the uh, someone's home or calling the parents, or how are these things these things administered? That's a good question. And typically, in the existing um, uh, studies that have done this. Uh, uh, parents are already connected to a system, so we're talking about middle schools and high schools, um, or we're talking about early childhood settings like Head Start and preschools, and, um, and parents are being recruited to participate um, and identified through those settings. And so I think it's important to note that we're getting a group of parents that are already connected to these kinds of settings. Um, and especially when we think about early childhood or before kids start formal schooling, there may be ways to even identify parents who aren't connected to, uh, to that existing set of centers and options and engage them in these kinds of efforts as well. It could be particularly important for them in that their child's not currently in a Head Start or a preschool setting and giving them the sorts of tools to develop their kids early. Skills might, make, uh, might help get those kids prepared for, for school. And is it are these things that the that have to be within a specific school, or do they have, or they can be they be something that a school district or a government or a state government does, like DC? Yeah, so that's a great question too. And I think um, what we're seeing now is actually places moving to scaling these uh, these types of interventions. So we're really in the very early um, stages of this literature now. I know as social scientists, our timeframes tend to be a bit longer <laughs> than policymakers when they're thinking about these issues. But, um, but all of the work that I've been uh, talking about has been really in the last two years. Um, and so now we're starting to see uh, these interventions be tested in different places, in different contexts, and at scale. And so there are whole states that are now looking at adopting um, text messaging interventions. Um, because once the infrastructure is in place, they're pretty easily uh, put into motion. 
Um, and, and in fact, adding sort of more recipients or more school districts or more Head Start centers is, uh, is not particularly costly once that infrastructure is mm -hmm. in place. We are seeing these move into, um, into broader use. I think first we had to do the kind of um, tests to see if these things worked. And now that we start to see results, we see people trying to implement them at, at bigger scale. That's great and, and very exciting for the possibilities for DC mm -hmm. and all across the country mm -hmm. from this is something that, that can be scaled so easily. And But importantly, that we know is having an effect and having an effect that, that we really care about. Right. Great. Uh, Dr. Chloe Gibbs, thanks so much for joining us and we hope that you all will join us at a future Lab at DC event or see us on the website. <laughs>